The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're back in studio. It's season three, episode 32 of the Daily Intermission Podcast. I am Greg, your host, and I am fresh off my first massage in, gosh, maybe five years. And I'm telling you right now, what a relaxing experience that was. But I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, one of my, I don't want to say New Year's resolutions, but I've been working towards intaking more protein. I work out, I go to the gym. And I haven't been consuming enough protein. So I find myself very gassy when I intake protein. So it was a full body massage. I, I got in there and, and as we were kind of doing our, our consultation, I'm, I'm sitting in a chair across from her and we're going over, you know, do you have soreness? And I'm like, yeah, my right shoulder. Cause I used to have a fucking hose on the football field. And, you know, we're kind of just discussing things about what, you know, which parts of my body you know, are, are kind of giving me issues. And I'm like, nothing really gives me issues. You know, I threw up my lower back a few years ago and, and also my right shoulder. But other than that, I mean, nothing crazy. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, the, the back, neck and shoulders would be fantastic. She's like, I, I recommend a full body. And I was like, well, listen, if you recommend a full body, let's go out a full body. So, <clears throat> so I'm on my back or I'm sorry, I'm on my stomach and <clears throat> she's kind of working on my legs. And yes, I feel something brewing. And I'm clenching my cheeks together so I don't let a fart go on the massage table. Luckily, it kind of squeaked away. I don't know. I don't know where. I, I'm sorry for everyone that's kind of disgusted by this talk, but I had to get it off my chest. Um, but I don't know. Like, if you don't let a fart go, if you don't let it out, like where it goes. But anyway, it, it, it dissipated, and, and we got a, we got out scotch free, and it was a fantastic job. So thanks to the team uh, at the at the massage clinic that I went to, and, and hopefully I'll be back soon. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the pregame show. Uh, in quarter one, we're going to talk about the NFL. Quarter two, we're going to talk about the NBA. Quarter three, we've got some NHL talk. And then quarter four, we've got a little miscellaneous action. We've got some PGA Tour action on the go. Some Australian Open. And we also got some big UFC fights this week in Brazil. But uh, just continuing on in the pregame show, I am working on finalizing a deal with Manscaped. So don't use that Manscaped code yet. Uh, but we will get that Manscaped code fired up and we'll have them back on the podcast. But for now... I want you guys to join the chalkboard app. And I always say, you know, I, I can imagine that you guys are in the chalkboard app. But if you're a listener to the page, get more active in the chalkboard app. I want to see people. I really want to make it a hub for sports talk and sports betting. And it is like we must have, you know, 10, 15 people who are regularly contributing to the chalkboard conversations. But get in there more frequently. Give hot takes. You know, start chirping me. Like, I, I really enjoy the chalkboard app. So make sure if you're not in there, download the chalkboard app. Join the Daily Intermission Board. It's a fantastic spot to be. All right, I've got a story, as you know, as as we continue to grind through these these dog days of the Daily Mission podcast without guests, and actually, I've got some exciting ones in the pipeline, so I, I'll discuss that later, but I'm going to tell a story about when I was working in Whistler. So during my MBA, I studied the four courses uh, out in Whistler, so I went out and I worked at the Fairmont Chateau Whistler, so there's there's three beautiful golf courses. They're all designed by well-renowned, world-renowned golf uh, designers, I should say. So Arnold Palmer designed the kind of the Whistler... It's called just the Whistler Golf Club. It was designed by Arnold Palmer. There's a Nike shop there that you can really get premium Nike golf clothing that you can't get anywhere else in the country of Canada. I got Tiger Woods' 
uh, red mock neck <clears throat> when I was there. I was, I was, I'm just going to tell this story. I was, I was super baked one day and I was just walking by the club and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pop in and just check things out. And the Tiger Woods 2019 mock neck was on the, it was like 150 bucks and I bought it and it was a dumb decision. But anyway, moving forward. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of beautiful courts. The other one's designed by Jack Nicklaus, another by Robert Trent Jones. So there's three beautiful golf courses there. <clears throat> so I was working, I was studying kind of how will these courses, you know, how they, how the hierarchies were designed, how they used waters, how they used resources, you know, how they did their hiring. I just kind of studied the operations of these golf courses and just really the sustainability of a golf course and just moving forward into the future, what golf courses will have to do to reduce the amount of water they use. It was, it was quite a big study. Like I'm talking about maybe like a 40, 50 page report. <clears throat> but when I was in Vancouver, I got really close to Pork O'Rourke, who I'm hoping to have on again soon. If you're like a really OG listener, you'll remember, I, I think I had Pork on like episode six of season one, which has been deleted because I used to use just music off the internet. I used to open up the uh, the podcast with Drake or, you know, Kanye. Uh, so clearly that uh, is music infringement. So, or uh, that goes against uh, uh, copyright. There's copyright issues there. So anyway, so Pork O'Rourke and I were pretty close. He was the head pro at the golf course in, in Whistler that I was working at. I always just have to double check that I'm recording. I am recording. So, so Pork's from Ireland. He's six foot six. He, he's a machine on the golf course too. Like he really, he really, he's, he's one of the two or three golfers that I've played with in my life that are like, can really play and that like takes it, you know, four or five under like every time you play. It's, it's really, it's spectacular to watch. So anyway, Pork brought me around. I was very fortunate. Like I was kind of his right hand man that summer in, in the pro shop at the Fairmont Chateau Whistler. And he brought me down to the Vancouver Golf Club one day. <clears throat> so the Vancouver Golf Club is a very prestigious private course in Vancouver. Um, and I'm playing with the director of golf and the head pro of the Vancouver Golf Club with Pork. And Pork is kind of in the mix. This this director of golf is going to be retiring in the next two years. And Pork has been, really been putting his name out in his head. And he's been getting involved with the golf club a little bit. So he's, you know, looking to, you know, get that job eventually. So... Of course, me being just me, I decide to go out the night before the round. So I'm, I'm meeting Pork, I think at 6 a.m., <clears throat> and we're driving down to Vancouver, which is about an hour and a half from Whistler, to play at the Vancouver Golf Club, this private, beautiful course. And like the, the skyline of Vancouver is in the background. It's really an incredible private course in Vancouver. And I go out in the town of Whistler, and if you haven't been to Whistler, it's an absolute shit show. It's it's seven days a week party town. It's a, it's a beautiful spot. But anyway, so I go out, I'm feeling a little banged up, and and... If people people close to me and, and people you know who have golfed with me know that I, I've struggled with the hosel shanks at times through my career and especially through like my 25 to 27, I would flip the club open in my backswing and would just expose the hosel to the golf ball and I would get the hosel shanks every so often. <clears throat> One summer was so bad, but anyway, so Porks played with me and I can get it around. I, like you know I'm about a five or six, so he's like, yeah, Greg, like come down and play with these guys. So I go down and I I get to the range and I get a fresh bucket. And I'm feeling it, like I'm not feeling great, and I'm I'm hitting hosel rockets with everything. And there's nothing worse than warming up at the range and you're just ripping hosel rockets. Like you can't find the middle of the face if you tried. And like I really don't know what to do. Like I'm playing with the head pro, the director of golf, and my head pro, and they all can play to a very high level. And I've got the hosel rockets going on. So anyway, we go to the first hole. It's like kind of like a power four, just dog leg right downhill. Anyway, so thankfully the hosel shanks don't really affect your wood. So I, I, I hit it down to like the, the left-hand side, but it was really short. It was like a low burning cut. And those three are kind of walking ahead of me and I'm like, okay, here we go. 
I rip a hosel rocket and it nearly killed Porik, the guy who's looking to get the job here. I'm playing. It was the most embarrassing thing. I went on to shoot like, like probably in the hundreds, like just grinding my tail off with these hosel shanks. Pork, I don't think he ever wanted to play golf with me ever again. He was so embarrassed, and I, I truly felt so shitty all around. Not only was I hungover, I was hosel rocketing everything. And if you're a golfer, you understand the shitty feeling that a hosel rocket gives you. Imagine doing that all around long. So I managed to get around. But, like, I'm talking about, like, we'd have, like, 150-yard shots, and I've got a six-iron choke down punching punching golf balls at the green. Like, back of the stance, like, just, like, stingers. It was so bad. But... I'm hoping to have Pork on on uh, on on for Tuesday's episode because he's such a funny guy. He's played at, and worked at some of the most prestigious golf courses around the world. Um, he's played at Bally Bunyan and worked at Bally Bunyan in Ireland and also at Pine Valley, which is like the most prestigious golf course, private golf club in New Jersey and in the States. Like, like we're talking like big time. Um, so I'd like to have him on. We'll talk a little bit about golf. We can tell some stories about my summer out in Worcester, which... He will really enjoy, but uh, but that's my story about almost taking his head off in a golf match slash round with three pros, the Vancouver Golf Club. Needless to say, I wasn't feeling too good about myself. All right, folks, let's move into quarter one, though. It's the NFL, and what a wild card weekend it was. Obviously, we reviewed the games from the weekend on Monday, or on Tuesday, I should say, but we still had the Monday nighter to go through, and... I mean, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I was the coldest sports better in the world this week. It was unbelievable how bad I was, especially on Monday. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, Tom Brady, I, I wasn't going to go against Tom Brady, but deep down, like if you had watched him all year long, which I did, it was pretty, like they just couldn't get things cooking in anything. Like they couldn't get the offense rolling. He looks old. You know, he looks scared almost. He looked like he was, he like he gets the ball out so quickly in the pocket. Anyway, it and the Cowboys defense, I must say, they were humming, man. But <clears throat> so anyway, Cowboys obviously Dalton Schultz two touchdowns in the first half. They get up to a big lead. They get up to you know I think they well, they 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 scored. They it was fourteen nothing. It should have been fourteen nothing right off the get go. But the story of the game, obviously Tom Brady and the Buccaneers looking like garbage and losing, getting blown out thirty one fourteen is is a certain story. And, and Tom Brady, what's he gonna do? We'll get into that. But Brett Maher, the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, missed four straight extra points. Like, after one, you're like, okay. And I looked at the stats. There were 64 missed field goals this season on 1,200 attempts. That's about a 95% um, success rate on an extra point. So you're like, Brett Maher, okay, they happen. There's that 5% that happens. Second touchdown when Dak ran it in, he misses it. And then you're starting to think, like, are these guys just going to start going for two? Like... This guy might, this guy's looking like Nipsey Hustle out there. Yipsy Hustle. Anyway, third, misses, misses the third. And you're like, okay, he's done for the night. And then he misses a fourth. It was the most outrageous thing I've ever seen in my life. Completely mental. And I mean, you'd have to think moving forward, like obviously the Cowboys put the San Francisco 49ers this week. And if they score a touchdown and Mayher misses, they're going for two the rest of the game. Like you can't wheel that guy out there. He is an absolute mental like he's he's a mental midget and i'm sorry if that offends anyone but he he's going through warfare right now between the years and it just wasn't pretty for brett maher um so obviously dak prescott massive game 25 for 33 four touchdowns throwing one rushing touchdown five total touchdowns i mean dak looked fantastic the cowboys looked really good i must say i think their defense was humming like they looked fast off the line buzzing around 
Um, so obviously, yeah, we've got San Francisco and Dallas, which would be an exciting game, which we'll get into. Um, but Tom Brady, you know, this is the big kind of questions. And I might be giving out false misinformation on my social media. Like, I don't know if he's actually dating that 26-year-old. And I put out a video on TikTok and on Instagram where I completely butchered this woman's name, uh, this 26-year-old model. Uh, so I do apologize to Veronica... Um, I said, anyway, I don't even know her name at the top of my head right now. But anyway, I do apologize for messing up your name on social media. Uh, but Tom Brady, so what's, you know, what's obviously he's, he's 45 years old. He'll be turning 46 going into next season. And I think all signs are pointing that he'll be, he'll be moving on from Tampa Bay and he'll be looking for a home. It's just a matter of like which teams are going to be willing to take a shot at Tom Brady at this point in time. I look at Josh McDaniels in the in the Las Vegas Raiders. That looks like a team that's you know probably gonna that, that would they would welcome Tom Brady with open arms. I would I would imagine. Um, but then I mean you know I'm looking around the league and I'm like, are people really willing to take a shot on Tom Brady right now? And the Buccaneers just just fired um, their offensive coordinator today. His mind has escaped me. Um, former backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyway, gosh. But uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tom Brady. Um, for me, it's like, dude, what else do you have to prove? And I've said it so many times. Like, what what else is there to get? Like, I get you love the game, but you're 46, man. You've got three children. You've just divorced your wife. You could go on one of the most... You could go on a Tiger Woods tear if you wanted to. And I'm not saying that that should be sought after by a male in any sort of realm of life, but you could. It's on the table if you wanted to do that type of thing. So anyway, we'll monitor with it, it, it's going to be massive speculation around Tom Brady this entire offseason. Offseason, we'll see what happens with the guy. Um, but anyway, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely rinse the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think a lot of the public was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is unfortunate. The Kelsey brothers, the Kelsey brothers have been blowing up, and and obviously I'm you know I've been I've been following along with their podcast. It's it's completely blowing up. Jason and, and Travis, uh, they talk sports. They have great guests on, and they had Rob Gronkowski on uh, this week, which was interesting. So Gronk, last summer when Tom Brady retired, Gronk was like, hmm, well I'm not going to go back to the Bucks because Tom's not going back, but. I really like, I was a Buffalo Bills fan growing up, and, you know, I'd love to go play for Buffalo. So he was going to sign with the Bills. Can you imagine if they had Dawson Knox and Rob Gronkowski? And Josh Allen would have a field day with him. But, you know, inevitably he ended up leaving the game and retiring. Uh, but what's interesting is that Aaron Rodgers came out this week, and his interview, if you, if you didn't hear it, he was talking about the season and how he's got more football left in him. And he said, in the right situation, I could be an MVP again. And Rob Gronkowski was like, dude, what are you thinking, man? Like, MVPs are great and everything, but it's the rings that you're looking to. That, like that's why you're playing in the NFL is for rings. Um, so Gronkowski on the on the Kelsey's uh, on the on the Kelsey podcast um, was just he was very vocal and kind of you know being a little disappointed in Aaron Rodgers by valuing MVPs over Super Bowl rings. And I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you got to really give yourself a look in the mirror. Obviously, he's an egotistic individual, but like, dude. Like you've got to figure, like you you've got to be promoting a Super Bowl over an MVP. But he's gonna be another guy. Like if he doesn't return to Green Bay, if he demands out, like where would he go? Like I'm kind of like licking my chops. Like him and Bill Belichick might be a nice little combo. Antonio Brown, folks. Like I, I don't even know. I think this guy's he he's dealing with some. Antonio Brown is dealing with some mental health issues right now. Um, he is. So if you missed the story, he posted on his Snapchat story a video of him receiving oral sex. He was getting head from a woman and posted it on a Snapchat story. Obviously, his Snapchat account was deleted. 
but he said he got hacked, which I don't believe. He's just, he just, I don't know what's going on with him, man. I think, anyway, I'm not going to go into what I think he should be doing and, and the medical attention he should be seeking, but Antonio Brown, Snapchat will not be around anytime longer because he posted a video of him receiving head. Can't do that, folks. <clears throat> Interesting headline here, just before we get into the um, divisional round, uh, <clears throat> the final eight teams in the NFL, the Jets are set to interview Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Like, did, did the New York Jets watch any Broncos games this year? Did they watch that offense go to work? Like, they looked fucking terrible all season long. I have no idea why Nathaniel Hackett would get another opportunity in the NFL. Unbelievable. So the Jets, it would be a Jets move for them to bring in Nathaniel Hackett. So we'll see what happens there. And, um, yeah, the Jets are bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. But let's move into the divisional round. Obviously, I'll give out my more firm picks on Friday, which you may just want to completely fade me this week. Um, because, I mean, obviously, I was an absolute dumpster fire last week. 0-5-1 on my NFL picks. I really have to give my head a shake. Um, all right, folks. On Saturday, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs open up as nine-point favorites. I'm riding the Chiefs minus nine, folks, as as we stand. Uh, I, obviously, I love the Jacksonville story, and I'll be rooting for Jacksonville. It's just I think that Kansas City in Arrowhead, like it's going to be a little bit different for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Trevor Lawrence and those boys, they're not playing at home. They're playing at Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums in the league. Kansas City, obviously, they're hungry. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will win another Super Bowl ring, and I think it might be this year. Minus nine, I'll be on it. And then we've got the NFC East showdown. We've got the Giants traveling into Philly. Philly, a minus seven and a half point favorite. I think I'm going to ride the Giants plus seven and a half in this one. I'm not sold in this game. I mean, obviously, we don't. There's a lot of question marks around Philly. How's Jalen Hurts feeling? He hasn't played in a little while, um, so we'll be we'll be monitoring that game uh, and and kind of you know figuring out if the line moves at all. But right now, my initial look. Daniel Jones looked so good last week. Um, their defense is now healthy in New York, but Philly's so highly powered. Their offense is scary at home. I, I think I'm like, I like the Giants plus seven and a half. I think it, it, seven points or less is is a nice line uh, to have the Giants at, but we'll see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. We'll just a little bit more research and, and have that one for um, for Friday's episode. I guess tomorrow is Friday's episode. <laughs> well. We're going to need a concrete pick, Greg, because tomorrow is Friday's episode. Sorry, guys. That was a bit of a brain fart. Um, Giants versus Philadelphia. I'm going to ride the Giants plus seven and a half, folks. Lock it in. All right. And then Sunday, we've got Sunday afternoon. We've got the Bengals traveling to the Bills. The Bills, five and a half point favorites among the Bills. Um, obviously, the Bills didn't look overly fantastic against the Dolphins. Bengals didn't look overly fantastic against the Ravens. I think it's just a bill. I think they're going to go. It's going to be a Bills Chiefs AFC Championship. I've got that feeling. I know Joe Burrow's ham, but I just feel like the Kansas or the Buffalo Bills are kind of on a bit of a. They've got something going for them right now, and I like that minus seven and a half, five and a half. I think they can win by a touchdown. I like the Bills, and then Dallas for San Francisco. I'm going Dallas. I liked what they saw. I'm taking Dallas plus three and a half on the road in San Francisco. We'll see what Brock Purdy can do. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him. That defensive line will be flying around. I like the Dallas Cowboys to upset the San Francisco 49ers. I might even ride the Dallas Cowboys money line. So those are my four best bets. Um, I shouldn't even say best bets. Those are my bets <laughs> uh, for Saturday and Sunday. I'm fired up for the weekend of football. Uh, it's been fantastic. So um, so Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, we got Jacksonville at Kansas City, New York Giants at Philly, then Sunday, Bengals at Bills, and Dallas at San Francisco. Fired up for it. 
All right, folks, let's move into quarter two. It's the NBA, and we have to start things off with Joe Biden. So Joe Biden, I mean, I'm not really into politics, and I'm not really into American politics, but this guy seems to butcher a lot of speeches, a lot of names. Um, and the Golden State Warriors were hosted at the White House, as every championship team does it at the Big Four. They go visit the White House. And Joe Biden absolutely butchered Clay Thompson's name. I felt so bad for Clay Thompson and just even Joe Biden, because you know Joe Biden doesn't watch the NBA. I mean, I'm sure his plate is a little full being the president of the United States. But so he was going on in a speech and he said something along the lines of the Golden State Big Three with Steph, Draymond, and he just kind of mumbles. And another funny clip, if you haven't seen it, is there's uh they were celebrating uh, Martin Luther King Day obviously this week and um I think it was Martin Luther King's like daughter or daughter-in-law or granddaughter-in-law anyway she was celebrating a birthday and Joe Biden singing happy birthday with a mic and he completely he goes happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear and butchers her name and just anyway it's a hilarious clip if you haven't seen it look it up um so golden state finished uh obviously celebrates their championship at the white house and joe biden butchers their names i mean this guy he, he's an interesting cat joe biden i'm not i'm not gonna you know totally get into it because i don't really know much about him but i know that he's an old he's an old fella and he really butchers names the Denver Nuggets, a team that we don't talk about too too much but nikola jokic is really heating up and he's kind of putting himself in his his name in the hat for his third straight mvp but they've won 14 straight games at home eight straight games just in its totality and the Nuggets look good man and Nikola Jokic he's such an all-around such a monster on the offensive defensive side of the court and Jamal Murray's been playing really well as well Canadian guy who got head on Instagram like they have been fantastic lately so the Denver Nuggets they're a team that we're going to really be looking at further um and uh to see if you know watch the betting trends because I mean that that streak's gonna come to an end but they're they're a wagon so we'll continue to monitor that and a team that I know the archer Jack Archer uh big captain of the chalkboard app he was he was on the, the Sacramento Kings fuck you tour which we know what the fuck you tour is if you declare a fuck you tour in the betting world it means that you're gonna be betting against that team on the spread for 10 straight games he canceled the the fuck you tour against the Seattle the Sacramento Kings because They've kind of been a bit of a wagon. Sabonis, uh, he won the player of the week last week, I do believe. And if you haven't watched the Aaron Fox play, like he is one of the more prolific scorers in the NBA. Like he is an absolute energy bunny, energizer bunny. Like he flies around. The Sacramento Kings find themselves third in the Western Conference right now. I mean, do we... I, I mean, they got some Wiley veterans too. Harrison Barnes is there. Like the Sacramento Kings have looked really good. And and I think that that's, you know, probably the biggest surprise right now in the NBA. And Utah Jazz at one point, I remember, was it probably 20 games ago, they sat at top of the, the Western Conference. They faded away. So I could see the Sacramento Kings faded away. Like I don't hate the idea of a fuck you tour for the Sacramento Kings. Um, but right now with, you know, with the, with the Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox combo with the Wiley veterans mixed in that lineup, and if they add at the deadline, they might be a team that uh, might be worth, you know, getting some juicy lines on. Um, so I guess, you know, with the, uh, I guess right now, as I'm recording, the Bills and Pistons are playing in Paris right now. And the NFL announced, I didn't, I didn't mention this during quarter one, but the NFL announced five games next year, three in England, two in Germany. Um, it's such a great tactic for the globalization of the NBA and the NFL. Uh, the, the NHL does it. Uh, the MLB hasn't really, the MLB, MLB has to have a game in Japan every season. That's, that's a missed opportunity in my opinion, especially too, with the amount of games that they play. 
Um, but what a great job they are doing right now to globalize the sports uh, in in the NBA and uh, and NFL. And and so the Bills and, or the Bulls and Pistons right now are playing in Paris. I'm sure people are enjoying their time in Paris. That's a definitely a bucket list spot. I've never been. Uh, obviously, the Eiffel Tower I've visited, but not in Paris. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we'll see what, uh, what the final is there. I think the Bulls are going to win that game, but, uh, but I did want to get into some free agents that, uh, that could be making moves and that are making headlines. I've read a few articles in the athletic, uh, surrounding these guys and they, they think that these are some names to watch as we go closer to the deadline and starting off with the, uh, Jacopotl, uh, from the San Antonio Spurs, uh, center there. Um, it sounds like the Raptors and Celtics are showing interest right now. I would just, I would just, like I, the Celtics makes a lot more sense to me. Obviously, Robert Williams is a beast, but it always helps to have more size in your lineup. Um, but uh, the Raptors would be kind of a weird one. They don't really have a true center. I guess Chris Boucher, but they kind of just go with like a all around big lineup, like a six nine all around lineup, other than their their uh, their guards. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, Jakubowicz. Obviously, he's a great center, so we'll, we'll see where he ends up. I think he's set to become a free agent at the end of the year, so he'll be on the move. It sounds like um, Fred Van Fleet, his name's floating around. Um, I think I talked about it a little bit at last episode, but he's not having a fantastic year, so he might find a new home here shortly. Uh, Freddie, obviously a beloved character in Toronto, hasn't had a great year. They're kind of on the brink of are they a, a playing team? Are they a team that's looking for Victor? So we, we're not we don't know, really know where the Toronto uh, Toronto Raptors sit right now. But Freddie Van Fleet might be a guy that uh, that find a new home. It sounded like the Hornets are really open for business. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, outside of Lamella Ball, are really looking to move anything. Uh, I mean that that brings to mind like the names of Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, uh, Terry Rozier, I mean, uh, they could be open for business. I think they're really uh, open to the idea of having Victor Wimbayama. So that might be a team to target if you're a team that's going to contend or, or, you know, bolster your team with some some nice pieces that uh, the Charlotte Hornets might be a team to uh, to look into. Uh, John Collins, power forward out of Atlanta. His name's kind of been circling for a while now. Um, I'm not sure, you know, where he would be a nice fit. Obviously, he's a big dude, um, you know, can can cram the wheels off the basketball. I don't really know much about his defensive game, but John Collins is a name to monitor um, out of Atlanta to be moved. And obviously, I mean, this comes as no surprise because I think this guy's played with like 15 teams in the NBA, but Jay Crowder, I guess, might find a new home. So Jay Crowder obviously hasn't unpacked his suitcase in, I think, five years now. He's just been all over the NBA, but... He's the guy that you can bring in, depth piece, uh, big guy, can defend. So Jay Crowder's a guy to watch as well. So we'll continue to monitor the NBA. Obviously, nothing that jumps off the page in terms of the news right now in the NBA. Um, but uh, with the with the traded lines kind of squeaking forward in, in the NBA and NHL, we'll, we'll have more news. But with that being said, let's move into quarter three, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to talk about the NHL. We're going to talk about an interesting... I'm not going to pick a side here, folks. Because I bring the news and I'll give you a narrative. You can agree or disagree. Um, This one sparked a lot of controversy in the NHL right now. A lot of disappointment around the league. Um, So each team kind of, on their own discretion, hosts a pride night, a celebration. um, And kind of an, an awareness and inclusiveness uh, of the LBGTQ community, uh, community. and um, so what they do is they 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 um, they tape their sticks rainbow color, wear rainbow jerseys. I think it's fantastic, um, and you know not that 
it's it's just a sign that you know you're welcome in the game and you know if you're you know if you're gay if you, you you're welcome in hockey and uh you know you every hockey's for everybody as they say and i i really do i stand with this um i don't want to say promotion but this this kind of um you know gosh i'm completely uh at a loss for 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 words right now in terms of how to explain this but you know i do i do agree with how they conduct uh this gay pride celebration in the nhl but ivan provorov defenseman in the philadelphia flyers so the philadelphia flyers hosted their night uh yesterday night and ivan provorov he's a russian orthodox which means nothing to me i know nothing about the russian religions um but i guess that goes against his religion so he sat out and decided to not go out for warm-up and wear this pride jersey and have the pride tape stick um and obviously the media blew up um and uh the philadelphia flyers continued to play him that night which a lot of people were disappointed about um and i'm not going to pick a side here i really really do understand both sides in my opinion i think he should have been out there um i think he should be supporting the uh inclusiveness of you know every walk of life in the game of hockey um but i again i don't know i can't speak to people's religious beliefs um you know and, and what what you know his religious beliefs are and what he go you know what he stands for and, you know i i can't I, I i can't you know enforce that upon someone um clearly you know i i would have highly recommended him and would be in favor of him being on the ace and, and supporting the inclusiveness of everyone in hockey but i don't want to speak to his religion and what he believes in and you know really what uh what he stands for so, uh, interesting topic. You'll find it anywhere. There's massive debates uh, online. And John Tortorella, the coach, uh, actually stood by Ivan Provorov and said, listen, that's one of the things that I really like about uh, Provy is that, you know, he stands up for what he believes in and, and that goes with, you know, with everything that he does in life. So, interesting story there. Ivan Provorov decided not to go out for the Pride Celebration in Philadelphia, sparking a lot of headlines. I think he should have, for sure should have. And I think, should he be penalized? Maybe probably shouldn't have played that night. Um, and I think that that might have calmed, that might have, you know, taken a little bit of the spotlight away from things, uh, maybe calmed down the media, obviously dressed and played. I don't think that was the right decision, but anyway, another crazy story in the NHL, Robin Leonard, a goaltender for the Vegas Knights, who's stepped away from the game. He has filed bankruptcy. So this is a guy who's made millions of dollars through his NHL career. Uh, this is a goaltender that they decided to go with in Vegas, uh, got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but apparently he owns a snake farm. And this is primarily where he lost all of his money was a snake firm. Like what? So apparently he was buying snakes upwards of like $1.5 million. Like, like those must be just like 30, 40 feet boa constrictors. Like it's unbelievable what this guy is going bankrupt over. But Robin Leonard has filed bankruptcy due to buying exotic, exotic snakes. Unbelievable. Really? Um, that's kind of more of the, one of the more outrageous, more wild stories I've heard out of the NHL lately was Robin Leonard. Yeah. Anyway, a snake farm. Like how many snakes would you have to buy to go bankrupt? Anyway, Steven Stamkos becomes the third active player to hit the 500 goal mark last night. Obviously the Tampa Bay captain has had a great last few seasons dealt with injury. I, I'm a fan of Steven Stamkos. Uh, I think he's just such a classy guy. Um, you know, he, he, he really is a, a, a lovable character. Uh, he joined Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin as the two others who have the hit the 500 goal mark. Uh, so congratulations, Steven Stamkos. Awesome stuff. The Arizona Coyotes have released a third jersey. 
I think it looks amazing. Uh, it's all kind of burgundy. It's maybe the, the, the one of the better things the Arizona Coyotes have done. Uh, I, I'm not like in love with the Kachina jerseys that they throw out. I find them a little bit exotic for me. Uh, but I do really like these burgundy. They're kind of a classy Arizona look. So I, I do like those jerseys. Um, they remind me of the Shane Doan days in, in Arizona, the Ed Jovanoski days. I don't even know how long Jovacop played there. But um, but uh, yeah, Arizona, you check those out. They're, they're a nice looking jersey. Um, a team that is making massive headlines, and obviously you won't get this information until uh, this game has happened, but I'm on the Florida Panthers minus two and a half tonight. It plays like, I think, almost plus 200. Um, their team... So Paul Maurice has come out in the media and... He, all of the analytics in Florida right now, and you can take this for what it's worth, have been fantastic. Uh, they're just not winning games, whether that's goaltending, whether that's just not getting the breaks, but they're, they're expected goals, they're, their power play, they're everything. The Florida Panthers have been really good, um, but just not getting the results. They find themselves fourth in the Atlantic Division right now. Uh, obviously, that trade with Calgary this offseason uh, is at the forefront of things. Matthew Kachak, though, has been a, you know, a really good player this season, but I'm on the Florida Panthers to get things turned around and start to maybe go on a bit of a heater. And so, obviously, they lost last night to Toronto. Uh, in overtime, uh, Willie Styles, Willie Nealander with a beautiful overtime goal. And I do apologize, Willie. I know I gave the narrative earlier that they should trade you. Maybe not the case. Your your contract might be the best on the team, and and you're really you're really having a great season. So Willie, I do apologize for saying that they should trade you early in the season. Um, that's just one of my wild narratives that I gave in the hockey world. Uh, but the Florida Panthers, I got them to beat Montreal tonight on the road by at least two by at least three goals. So we'll see what happens there. I like the odds. And obviously, too, when I'm betting, I'm a plus odds guy, uh, typically. Uh, so the Florida Panthers, that's a team that we should continue to watch. Um, I think that they're going to start to heat up here soon. Hopefully, they can get some goaltending from Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight. But Florida Panthers, analytics are looking good, but uh, but haven't got results. Evander Kane, he uh, he has uh, he has returned to the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers after cutting his wrist after... Um, Gosh, Pat Maroon stepped on his, his wrist 31 games ago. So that's a huge help for, for the Edmonton Oilers. This is a crazy McDavid stat. Obviously, he leads the league in points, goals, assists, you name it. Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. But the conversion on opportunities set up by Connor McDavid is one of one of the lower, on the lower end of things in the league. So in terms of quality scoring chances that he sets up, that comes off Connor McDavid's stick, so his his the opportunities he... He, he provides to his teammates is at a conversion rate lower than a lot of players in the NHL. So I heard this stat from Mike Johnson, which I was completely flabbergasted by. So if McDavid was playing with a little bit more talent surrounded by him, cause he's not always playing with Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, this guy might have more points because statistics show that he should, that his line mates should be converting on more of the opportunities he sets them up for. But I think that the return of Evander Kane could help this. So I think Connor McDavid's stats might even blow up here even with the you know ridiculous uh, pace that he's on right now. And just finally, I was watching the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche on Monday. I was after the Bruins game. Gosh, who were they playing against? Because they were absolutely walking all over them, man. It was unbelievable. Ah, oh, gosh, who were they playing? Oh, it's escaped me. But they were all... It was the, it was the Detroit Red Wings. And, and man... Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, those two guys, if you're not a huge hockey fan, that's a team to watch, just to watch those two. They're so fast. They stick handles at such incredible speeds with the puck. They're such tremendous talents to watch. And, and they, I, I tweeted it. They, they were making it look like beer league out there. Like They were dancing around the offensive zone. So I think the Avs, obviously, they, they don't find themselves in a playoff spot right now, but I do believe that they are going to be a playoff team and they should find themselves in the mix. Um, and, the, and they should go on a nice streak here soon. All right, folks, 
Let's move into quarter four. We've got some PGA Tour. We've got some Australian Open and some UFC. It's not going to be too, too long. But I'm going to, as as I'm talking right now, I'm just going to pull the laptop a little closer to who I am. And I'm going to look up what the leaderboard's looking at right now. So my one and done pick this week is Sung Jae Him. Um, obviously, Sung Jae Im, the South Korean player. Uh, but I do have two DraftKings lineups. Um, Sahith Tagala, who I've got an outright bet on, is minus seven. That's huge. Um, how's Sung Jae Im doing? He's minus four through 12. That's a fantastic start. Um, so yeah, things are looking good. So we've got Davis, uh, Davis Thompson, a youngster. I think it's his first full season out of Georgia on the tour. Um, you'll probably remember Davis Thompson from playing as an amateur in some of the majors, but he's minus nine through 15. Some of the guys that are jumping, oh, Sam Burns was a guy. He's minus eight through 11 right now. Um, so I haven't really looked at uh, who people took, but uh, obviously I talked about it a little bit at last episode. It's the American Express Open in La Quinta, California. They play three different courses. It's a, uh, it's a three-day event before the cut. Adam Hadwin minus four. He's a bit of a course horse. Cam Young minus four. Um, Ricky Fowler's minus four through 12 holes. Big Dick Rick. I would love to see that guy win. Um, so, no, things are looking good here um, in La Quinta. Uh, I've actually, I picked, I cooked Caleb Surratt. Uh, he's an amateur. He's the number one amateur in the world, I do believe. I took him in one of my DraftKings lineups. He's 0.6% on. He's minus three through 13. I'd love to see that. Um, but, uh yeah, I was on Sung JM, so I'm happy to see that he's having a decent day. Uh, obviously, there are some horses playing here at the tournament. Um, let's just check in on the, the big guns like John Rahm um, and uh, like Scotty Scheffler and those guys. You'd have to think one of them is 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 kind of mixing mixing around up top. Xander Shoffley's minus six uh, through sixteen. John Rahm's minus six through twelve. So the the round hasn't come to a conclusion yet. Uh, but uh, I'm sure some of those names will be um, up to date. But uh, this is when the PGA Tour gets excited. Uh, we're finally in the California swing. I shouldn't say finally. It's only a couple weeks in Hawaii. But yeah, we've got some nice tournaments around the corner. Uh, we've got Torrey Pines, obviously the Genesis. Um, gosh, the um, the Waste Management Open. So there's some really fun events. Hopefully you guys are following along. Uh, hopefully you guys are betting on the PGA Tour. If you're not, uh, you should. It's a lot of fun. Um, so we'll continue to monitor. We'll be following the PGA Tour all week. And we'll be talking about it in the Chalkboard app. Uh, just finally, the Australian, the first tennis grand slam is on the way. I've got a future at plus 1800 on Felix Elgar Aloisim. Uh, he nearly lost his first match. He was down two sets. Oh, came back and won three straight sets to win his first round match. I hope Felix can go on a run. He's the sixth ranked guy in the tournament. Obviously the heavy favorite Novak Djokovic. Um, and UFC this weekend, UFC 283, it's in Brazil. Uh, Teixeira, I forget who Teixeira is fighting. He's a vet. He's a 43-year-old big Brazilian. But there's a pretty much um, massive uh, Brazilian uh, flavor in, in this card. I think every fight uh, features a Brazilian. But Gregory Rodriguez, he's the guy that I'll be watching. He's a Brazilian. He's a massive dude. He's the guy who got his face split open and finished the fight and won. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that'll conclude episode 32 of season two or season three of the daily mission podcast. Guys, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you five star the episode. Make sure you're following along on all the social media platforms and listen, folks, we'll be back on Tuesday, hopefully alongside a guest. Uh, and listen, have yourselves a fantastic week and let's keep things absolutely humming.